Sunbunani, hello. Hello, 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 hi. Welcome to Right Where You Are, the podcast, the podcast, the podcast, the podcast. Uh, if we have not yet been introduced, my name is Kanisa. You are listening to Right Where You Are, a podcast where we explore quite a lot of things, but I think the main thing. I keep thinking that the main thing is something, but there is no main thing. I think the thing here is that we just explore. But the main thing <laughs> is that we explore what it means to be human, what it means to fully embody the human experience at this very moment in all of time, all of human history, what it means, what it feels like to be human and to be conscious of the fact that we are human to be here it's been i think a month since i released the previous episode I'm not going to lie i think this is <laughs> this is how the podcast works currently it it will change but how it works currently is that i have a whole bunch of ideas and i have things that i really care about and they're all so connected and i am trying to sequence them and so i end up like just sitting and planning and planning and strategizing and trying to figure out how i can execute this and how i can put these out and the episode i want to share today actually wasn't what i had planned to be the next release but i i just end up sitting in this puddle of thoughts and i'm just confused and then after some time i'm like you know what forget it like just leave all that planning and strat- strategizing and just do something just put something out and just let what wants to flow in the moment flow i think i i spent so much time trying to sequence the episodes so that you know things happen in this very uh in order in I almost said in an orderly order <laughs> but in order in this way because a lot of the time I'm also just afraid that it won't be understood unless it is in order and sometimes I need to be able to reference a previous episode or something I've already spoken about I kind of know that I I want to speak about this before I speak about that so that it makes sense but at the same time everything is so connected it's so intermingled because you know nothing in this universe operates in a silo and yeah <laughs> yeah so i'm learning to just let what flows flow whatever flows through me learning to let go of all the planning and the strategizing just letting the spirit that is right where you are just flow through me the spirit of creativity the gods of creativity to flow through me in the way that they want to flow through me because when i plan and i strategize and i'm thinking a whole lot my mind comes in the way of 
my ability to show up and to do this work and that's kind of what I want to talk about today about letting go about surrender and surrender I mean it is a it's kind of one of the buzzwords among spiritual folk and it kind of has been for some time I listen to podcasts from like the 60s and the 70s and even then and now it's still a thing you know and people are still so big on this surrender thing and I just want to talk about surrender and I want to talk about it not necessarily as a thing that we do but I believe that this thing we call surrender I believe it to be the nature of being it is the the true nature of being be that human being elephant being tree being bee being <laughs> um as the nature of being and i think then the thing like what i've just shared about my experience with this podcast the thing there is that my consciousness of my being and my ability to reason and my my cognitive functions sometimes come in the way of my ability to be to just let go and be you know so that's the conversation i want to have today and hmm, to bring it back to previous conversations we've had in this season episode one and episode two were about reality creation and how how much control we have over our reality and really i was speaking in those episodes from more of a socio-economic socio-political perspective but i think that as a conversation applies generally because in episode one I was speaking about how it can be beneficial for us to believe that we do create reality, you know, to recognize the part of us that actually is in control, to to come into touch, into contact, <laughs> to come in touch. What is the English? Okay, I don't know. <laughs> but to to meet the part of us that does create reality. And then in episode two, I played a bit of devil's advocate and said, oh, wait, as much as we can and we do create reality, there's also the smaller human vulnerable part that doesn't create reality. That is a product of circumstance. That is a product of environment. And so in as much as I spoke about this from a socio-political, socio-economic from that perspective, I think this, when you zoom out of that, that can be the philosophical conversation of free will versus determinism, right? And I, in the first episode, I was like, no, but we have free will. Maybe it's beneficial for us to believe that we do have free will. Then in the second episode, I said, okay, but both those things are true. Both free will and determinism are true. I was taking that paradox and just reconciling it and today i want to speak more on the other end of that paradox i'd like to zoom out and bring that conversation into a larger and more existential perhaps even ontological 
perspective and speak about that paradox the other side of that paradox where we aren't very much in control of reality where we are not the creators of reality where we are mere experiences of reality instead of us creating reality we are the thing through which reality is created i believe this to be a whole lot more true because if we're speaking about the human you know the human the body the mind the self that is the thing through which reality is created if we want to talk about the the thing that creates reality that's no longer the human that is perhaps what we might call the divine what we might call god what we might call uh the i the self with the capital letter s whatever we want to call it right but we the small little human is not a creator of reality or can somewhat create reality but our creation of reality is always subject to the laws of the universe our creation of reality is always in collaboration with the universe we can dance we can choreograph a dance we can choose how we move we can sway however we want to we can lift whichever arm we can roll backwards roll forwards spin and twist and turn but however we dance we're always dancing to the universe's music the music that's already there to believe that we are the sole creators of reality i believe is kind of an ego trip it's a self-inflating trip right but i want to speak on the part of us this part of us that creates in collaboration with the universe the part of us that must listen first you must listen to the music before you can even choreograph a dance i think a whole lot of the time for myself at least when i'm engaging in all these cognitive processes when i'm thinking so much about things and i'm trying to strategize and i'm trying to have my life in order i'm trying to perform a certain thing within myself i'm trying to hide parts of myself from myself i'm trying to to control reality i think i enjoy that illusion that maybe i do create reality that i am in control i really deeply enjoy the illusion of control the first episode i titled earth is spinning and the humans are dizzy and really that that's a metaphor on illusion how a lot of the time an illusion like this an illusion of i am the sole creator of my reality or i am in so much control of my reality that can get one dizzy and drunk so much so that they can't hear the universe's music i think this this experience this phenomenon of humans trying so hard to keep this illusion this dizziness the illusion of control it's so clear in a lot of the ways that we move around the world and the things that we do for example 
the sole human experience basically the the encompassing human experience is an experience of space and time it's an experience of mind and body now these four things space time mind body for some reason humans have not only tried to study these things but we've also tried to quantify space and time we've tried to possess these things to possess space and time hence uh the invention of like the clock hence the history of colonization that's the the attempt to possess space we've tried to possess bodies our own bodies and the bodies of others to possess the self to possess the mind to quantify it to take control of it and to fully understand it so that we are not subject to its laws so that we can be the people the thing that creates the laws and it creates a sense of control and I mean, I I think this is very human. This makes a lot of sense because even just the human brain, a fundamental element of our thinking is exactly that. We like to segment reality, to create categories in which we classify reality so that we understand it better, but also so that we can control it, so that we can feel like we're in control somewhat. This is the process of categorization this is a, a tool like the fundamental tool of our brain where the brain categorizes and organizes information into neat little boxes and categories like folders you know and we do this with nearly everything that we encounter in our daily lives and by putting information into groups and into categories it takes this huge, complex reality and simplifies it so that we can react to things better, so that we can recognize things, so that we can interact with the world better, but also so, so that we can feel a sense of control, a sense of I know what's happening and therefore I am in control, therefore I can react in this way. I can make this thing happen in this way. And this is, I think, in many ways, an amazing thing. A whole lot of what humanity is right now is due to this element of our thinking, this element of the self. I also think because of this, We've created, I think, maybe, let's say, look at philosophy. All of philosophy, most of philosophy, is based on that. For example, axiology, the studies of ethics and aesthetics. These things are based on what do humans think is good or bad? What is condoned? What is condemned? What is praised? what is what is accepted what is rejected you know it creates this sort of order even with aesthetics what is beautiful what is not what is ugly what what do we accept what do we abject what do we 
accept as true and part of our reality as part of the self what is self and what is other it creates order it creates this organized ego as a sense through which we see the world where i am this thing but i'm not that thing it creates a sense of control to take this back then to the conversation of surrender when we hold on to this ego mechanism this fundamental element of our thinking when we hold on to it so tightly we are bound to only accept and perceive parts of reality which means that we are then blocking out other parts of reality we're not seeing and taking in reality as it is in front of us we're not taking in reality i like the saying reality at reality's terms we're not doing that because then we're categorizing and we're splitting and uh and fragmenting reality fragmenting the self fragmenting is fragmenting even a word because fragment fragment okay (laughs) but yeah we're breaking it apart And we're choosing to take in and see only some of it. I think to speak about this in psychoanalytic terms. Psychoanalysis really comes from this understanding that the entirety of the psyche consists of the conscious mind and the unconscious mind. I think the perspectives from psychoanalysis that I want to talk about this from is the Jungian perspective of the self as this whole thing. Also because now that I've used the word ego, I think Jungian, the Jungian perspective makes a lot of sense here. Uh, The self as this thing, this whole self with a capital letter S, as this entire experience right and then there's the conscious part in the conscious part of the psyche is the ego the ego is our own concept our uh idea and the story of ourselves that we tell in our minds and there's a shadow on the other end of that which is the part of us that we've cast out that we've recognized as other sometimes a lot of the time we do this unconsciously we create this organized ego and therefore this abandoned and rejected shadow unconsciously but we're constantly creating these things this ego and the shadow and we're taking in some of the experience of the self some of the experience of reality and the part of it that we agree with the part that we are able and willing to integrate with the self at the moment the small self the ego we say yes this is me and then everything else is other everything else we are unconscious of even though that thing is right there within our human experience with 
in our it's like perceivable to us but we cannot perceive it because it is in the shadow we're choosing to take in some of reality and we're rejecting and objecting other parts of reality another way to speak about this would be through stoic philosophy stoic teachings and buddhist teachings because both these philosophies contemplate the idea and the experience of suffering in both these philosophies there is the understanding that there are two main causes of suffering these causes being attachment and aversion to link this then like back to this idea of holding on to reality and uh rejecting some parts of reality stoic and buddhist teachings say that we experience suffering because we do not accept reality as it is instead we hold on so tightly to some ideas of who we are and what reality is and who other people are and what the things around us are we hold on to these ideas so tightly we don't let reality happen in the way that it is we don't take it in as it is instead then on the flip end of that we're pushing away we're averse to some other parts of reality and we're saying no this is not real this is not true this is not part of myself this is not part of my reality and then this thing is then not perceivable and uh, acceptable within our human experience we're pushing it away we're averse to it it's it's also not we're not able to integrate it within the self we're not able to integrate it and to hold it as true to to love it i think that's a big thing to love it and to hold it and to say that i'm not separate from it or that person or that thing and that i am part of the whole but the whole is part of me and that these things that i'm holding on to and saying are me there's a whole lot of me what i think is me there's a whole lot of me outside of what i'm holding on to and there's some of me even in what i'm pushing away and saying is not me i'd like to share two analogies just to expand on this idea and to take this back then to the conversation of surrender i'd like to share two analogies about this um attachment and aversion both these analogies are related to water both these analogies kind of ask for you to imagine a bit <laughs> Okay, so I realized that that episode was getting too long. And so what I've done is I've split this conversation into two. So to listen to my two analogies that are water related, please listen to the next episode which will have the same title. Please
please listen to that. And in that episode, in the continuation of this conversation, I also share a very intimate journal entry that I think gives insight into this conversation of accepting reality, of surrender, and of suffering. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you. I appreciate it. You know I do. I always do. Thank you for being right where you are right now here with me right where I am. Welcome to right where you are.